eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Everybody in to, for the first time this year, the second consecutive Monday Rewind following a Cleveland Browns victory. I am Michael Keefe. You can find me online at Garage Beers Mike. And I am so excited for this one because there's so much to talk about. The Cleveland Browns take down the Houston Texans this week by double digits. Although it's a weird, the most weird double-digit victory of all time. But we're going to have a lot of fun here. You guys are all going to have to excuse me. Fred was doing it last week. He was in and out. He was he was hacking up a lung in the background. He passed it to me through StreamYard here. He passed it to me through our streaming service. And now I'm over here trying not to hack up a lung. Uh, but we're going to have a good time here with this one on the OBR's Monday Rewind. Before I get to the guys, make sure you are following the OBR Make sure you are following the website uh, where where Cody and Fred and the rest of our amazing group are posting uh, stories and 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 articles all day long every day. And make sure you are following the streaming network here as well on YouTube, on Twitch. Uh, we've got a lot of fun coming this week as we head into the last uh, several weeks of the season. Again, joining me tonight, first uh, he is he's Code Dog. He's officially at Code Dog. Is that it? At Code Dog. Uh, it's Cody Sook. What's going on, Cody? How you doing, man? I think you said it the best yourself. You know, we've seen a lot of weird Browns football games, but yesterday it was up there, maybe top five, and just the punt returns and offense not doing anything, the defense doing things. It was very odd, but a very nice way to get a win. You know, anytime you get a win in the NFL, it's always a good thing. Uh, but we'll, we'll see where they go from here. But uh, nice to come to 5-7, get back-to-back wins for the first time this season. I mean, this is it—a double-digit win without scoring. I mean, I won't say without scoring an offensive point. You got a field I, goal. I, yeah, field goals count as offensive points, like right? Don't yeah. they? They're offensive teams, and they're offensive. Special <laughs> teams points are like return points, but yes. like field goals are offensive points. So yes. they did get some offensive points, but not many. Uh, also joining us, he is the legend. It is Fred Greetham. Fred, that's got to be one of the weirdest Browns games you've covered in a while. Yeah, it was, um, you know, and, you know, not only this year, but <clears throat> over the years, <clears throat> but just this year, you know, we've, I've written about how the Browns have outplayed their opponent, you know, in at least four games and found a way to lose, you know, they had those four losses by nine points, well-documented jet, so forth. So, you know, it really, we really shouldn't be complaining about, you know, getting outplayed or not playing very well and getting a win because, you know, you really, you really just feel like it's going to even out somewhat. And um, yeah, very ironic that you 
the the two areas of the team that have that are really put the Browns in this position is poor defense and poor special teams play. And they came together to carry the, you know, the Browns against the Texans. They're very fortunate. They were playing the worst team in the NFL. That team is obviously in the 2017, 18 or whatever, 16, 17 Browns tank mode, trying to get the first pick, get their quarterback. But um, yeah, I think you just got to take it. You know, it's like winning ugly in basketball or winning ugly in any sport. A win is is a win. And more than anything, it keeps their season relevant for at least another week. And that's the most important thing at this point. Um, they still have, I think, everything in front of them, obviously, if they continue winning. So we'll see where it goes. But, yeah, it was strange. It was odd. You it know, was, especially when it was five I, to know, nothing. I'd rather win ugly than lose pretty any day of the week. And they were losing pretty there for a while. You know, yeah, well, much listen, they went ugly. Yeah. Listen, uh guy that made a lot of news today, Baker Mayfield, they lost pretty with him a lot. I think about that primetime game against Baltimore where he and Lamar were both just awesome. Best game of the I, season. Yeah. yeah. They lost. I think about that game yeah. against the Chargers last year. That was a pretty loss, man. Those guys were playing great. They lost, but they were Chiefs. playing great. Yeah, the Chiefs, Chiefs game, yeah, Chiefs. for sure. Uh, by the way, Fred, you said it. Is is that what is? Are the Houston Texans right now what the Browns look like under Hugh Jackson? Because they are. Well, I think they're better than that, but not oh. by much. I just, I, I the it had to feel like a weird game for their fans too, right? You got you got points on a safety. When does that ever happen? But also like. The interception that your receiver caught or tight end caught and then fell to the ground and then just bounced up into the air right to John Johnson's hands. Or how about a fumble on a quarterback sneak just right up the middle? How does that happen? How are you fumbling the ball and then it's getting picked up for a touchdown? All the weirdest things that could have happened against the Texans did. It was weird all the way around, but that that's a really bad football team. Like, like horrendously bad. Yeah, you almost feel like the Browns won that game by default. You know what I mean? Sure, that they made the punt returns and the interceptions. Yeah, the plane landed. The plane landed in all boom, ball game. I, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but I think that's what kind of happened in the second half. It's fancy. It's kind of like, you know, our passing game's not it. That happened today. We don't have it. It's going to take some time. Let's just run the ball. We're going to win this game. Defense is playing well. They can't score on us. We know they're not going to score on us the way things are going. Let's run the ball. Get this thing over with, head home, and let's move on to Cincinnati and hope things are better next week. It was the one game, though, where like people didn't want him to do that. Yeah, right. It was the one exactly. game where people were like, can we see some of this pass game? Can we see some passing? And and for the first time this year, Kevin Stefanski is just like, you know what? Screw it. Run the ball as much as possible. And now people are like, what the hell is going on? We want to see some of this Deshaun Watson passing. It was a quiet run the damn ball crowd yesterday. If that isn't the story of this Brown season, I don't know what is. Fred, we saw at the intro of the show, and we don't get to see it, but but Ian played in the background, uh, Kevin Stefanski's speech uh, to the group uh, after the game. <coughs> and he talked a lot about finding ways to win and 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 different areas stepping up. And he, he talked about a defense that scored you two touchdowns and a special teams unit that scored you a touchdown. Uh, you know, just, I, I think everybody loves it when those post game, when they win and those post game speeches from Stefanski comes out, 
just talk about a little bit about how he reacted to this game and and what you took away from how how you heard him talking to the team. Well, I think he's you know really feeling the pressure of the way this season's gone, and you know, and then wait the big wait and build up for Deshaun Watson. And it was a big dud, obviously. I mean, in the in the in the debut, but could you could you imagine losing that game yesterday? You know, going down there and losing to a one nine and one team, you know, oh. something like five to three or something like that. I mean <laughs> in a dome. And, and and so yeah, I just think that like you said, sometimes things like that, we saw it go the, against the Browns when they blew that and collapsed against the Jets. That really seemed to propel the Jets to greater heights and send the Browns into despair. And maybe something like this, you know, will help them rebound on and keep this thing going. And so, yeah, I think that Stefanski is best when he wins because his droll answers is, you know, his BS and that everybody kind of goes along with it as opposed to it runs hollow when you lose and you just say, boy, I'm disappointed. Boy, I'm frustrated. We got to do better. So, you know, this was more how he was in 2020 after a win. And uh, I think that's the bottom line. You know, you just want to win the games and that's, that's what they're at. It's you think about all the ironies, but the Texans, you know, are in this position, <coughs> excuse me, because they chose to get rid of their franchise quarterback. Right. And so now they're on that carousel trying to find the next guy. And as we know, there's no guarantee. Whoever they think is the guy may not be the guy, you know, right. and that's that's why I think Watson's going to get there. But obviously not as quick as we were expecting. I was expecting maybe a half, three quarters, but I thought at least one drive, you know, of there you go. There he is. But I have to wait another week. Hopefully you get that win and you pull out and all of a sudden he looks like he used to this week because this is the week you need him. Yep. Well, let's talk a little bit. Let's go to the main storyline of this game, which is the return of Deshaun Watson, a guy that hasn't stepped on the football field till the end of the 2020 season, basically uh, missed 2021 all the whole season missed the majority or, or missed the whole start of this season. Uh, and so for the first time in what he got told at the end of the, at, at the end of the game, 700 days, Deshaun Watson hits the field. Uh, and, and let's talk a little bit about, first of all, let's talk about the hype. And, and actually, you know what? I'm going to send it to Ian. Sorry. My brain is scrambled. Let's send it to Ian. Ian's got a video of Deshaun Watson talking about kind of that rust that you were just talking about, Fred, uh, after the game. Overall, just operational. That's the biggest thing is just <clears throat> getting uh, getting in and out the huddles, uh, calling plays. Didn't have too many uh, miscommunications with Kevin. Um, I've heard something walking off the field, and I guess it was 700-plus days since I played. So, yeah, it's going to be – it's not going to be perfect, um, especially playing in December football where, you know, guys are week 14, week 13, and this is week one for me. So uh, it was fun, though. It was awesome to be able to get out there with my teammates. Uh, the defense played a heck of a game, got some uh, touchdowns for us. Special teams with DPJ, uh, with the big uh, punt return was big for us to kind of shift the momentum. And uh, that's what we needed at the time. Um, and that's why it's a, it's a team sport, and, um, you know, we just got to keep pushing forward. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast and he he talked about it guys he talked about 700 days from his last game to this game and he said he felt every one of those 700 days cody just talk about initial impressions and and frankly let's talk about expectations because we did we did some stuff on the pregame show, and I'll admit I was way wrong on this. I said I'd <clears throat> give him a couple drives to kind of get himself together, and I figured he'd be able to kind of get back into it. It didn't happen, and it looked like at no point in this game did he really ever feel comfortable with what was going on around him. He never really looked like he got up to speed. Uh, Cody, were the expectations a little I – mean, even Fred said, give him a half, and then he can jump out there and show you some. Were the expectations a little too far out there? Yeah, I think absolutely a, a lot of people's expectations were like 300 yards, three touchdowns, you know, let's do this, let's do that. Uh, last Thursday, I think I said around 250, two touchdowns and an interception. Even that didn't happen, you know what I mean? So sometimes you just take a step back and say it has been 700 days. And even though you're training, you're lifting weights, you're, you're, you're throwing the ball to these college receivers, whoever these collection of receivers you are with your quarterback coach over the, uh, the offseason and, and when you're not active in the stadium, but you can't simulate the speed of a game you can't simulate these pressures you can't simulate getting hit by opposing players and getting used to all those things and that's what he went into yesterday it was I think expectations for me were low but I think his performance was even lower than those low expectations and and when you look hey there we go hold on Heather Parsons says we look good on TV nobody's ever told us we look good before Heather thank you HD baby Uh, comment of the night right there When we look at what he did, you know, negative 4.9 EPA, negative 13.5 completion percentage over expectation, you know, not, not good stats, not good metrics for him yesterday. You saw a lot of those throws go Mm -hmm. low. You saw a lot of just out of rhythm, out of sync, uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable watching them play offense yesterday. Yeah. Like I didn't know 
when he dropped back to throw, what was going to happen? You know, I, I, I know, I think he has a pretty good understanding of the offense. It seems like getting out of the huddle and things he just mentioned, not too many plays were miscommunicated except for the interception. But I think that's the kind of the, the baby steps that are going to happen with him is doing those little things to, to build up to the big things of getting back to the way he performed in 2020. I think it's going to take a little bit longer than we all expected. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that based upon last week's, Listen, it's not going to be going from last week to Cincinnati, 350 and four touchdowns. It's not going to happen. Yes, it is. It's not going to be yes, that it simple. Is. Um, I'm completely out against against that happen because – but listen, he's, his talent's there. The talent's undeniable. He didn't lose the talent. It's going to take some time. He's got to be patient and ignore all the noise that's coming on social media about $230 million only can't complete a pass. Patience. So – but Fred – Let's talk about a little bit about what Cody said because, and you heard it in that interview with Deshaun, that little press conference that he had. I don't think we talked a lot about this. I don't, well, I guess I should say I don't think enough people, and thank you, Paul Spencer, Cody, just anti Browns, anti Browns Cody over here. (laughs) I don't think enough people, Fred, talked about some of the other stuff that comes with playing quarterback that he's going to have to get back into. He talked a little bit about procedural stuff, getting the play call in, communicating it properly with his teammates, just being on the same page with receivers and knowing the way his receivers like to run routes and everything. I think when we talked about the talent of Deshaun Watson, we always wanted to talk about the fact that he would just kind of jump back into the game. But I don't I don't know that enough people talked about that it's going to take him a minute to get procedurally back to where he needs to be to just be comfortable being the guy calling the plays and the shot caller out there at quarterback, right? Yeah, he he referred in his first interview last week that the the little preseason three series was really more and that was just getting used to hearing Stefanski in his ear and and calling the plays, getting in and out of the procedures. And so hadn't really done that and then until practice in the last week or so. So um, that will take time. I, I haven't looked <coughs> at all the play calling, like, like some of the guys like Jake and that do on the film, but I thought Stefanski did him a disservice right off the bat. You give the ball to Nick Chubb, he gets seven yards. And then what does he do? He calls a pass and he calls a pass and they punt, you know, why not just give the ball to Nick Chubb at least the next time and get the first down the Texans had a horrible rushing defense, worst in the NFL, and just run the ball, pull a Falcons, give them the ball 10 times in a row, and you know, and and then maybe it'll loosen up a little bit so he can make a completion because you could tell he's tight. I played baseball, and when you throw the ball into the ground, that's hanging on, you know, that is that is tightness, you know, like you've seen a shortstop bounce it you know, or two, two hop it. And he's just tight. He's, he's getting rid of it, you know, too early and, or hanging on to it just too long. And so I just think that it's not in sync. So that will come. He's got the talent. I also would like to see, I understand they don't want him to get hurt, but I think you got to have him run the ball a little more. Just that doesn't take a whole lot other than athleticism, just pull the ball from Hunt or, or Chubb and go take that six, seven yards to the sideline 
do that a few times. I think that would get, get him going more maybe even than a completed pass. So I, I think they'll learn from that. And like I said, there's just not a lot of room for an uptick. You know, if you're going to play him, <clears throat> he's got to play. But this is the biggest game of the year. I mean, it might be the toughest game left on the schedule, for sure. in my opinion. For sure. And you have to win it. So, you know, I I was even, you know, there's a little bit, a question or two today, you know, to Stefanski about maybe a package or because Brissett played so well against the Bengals, you know, and dismantling them. It'd be, it'd be a little temptation, you know, as a relief pitcher, if Watson struggles right off the bat to go to him, he's, he, he was coming off being pretty successful. So I don't think they'll do that, but um, you got to just be creative and, and put him in position to be successful. And then he'll get, maybe get on a roll. And one thing I'm, I'm, I wanted to mention when I spoke to was the lack of runs by him yesterday. I know they're, they're running a bunch of the RPO stuff where, mm-hmm. okay, he's handing the ball to Chubb, but he's throwing the throwing ball in the dirt a little bit, but I wanted to see him carry the ball a little bit more and kind of show those, that top 10 explosive run uh, design run scrimmage yards type thing we saw with him from 2008 to 2018 to 2020. And as Fred mentioned as well, that's not gone. You know, the accuracy is going to take some time, but his ability to run the ball is obviously still there. We saw a couple of those flashes yeah. on a couple of those runs yesterday. One was unfortunately brought back by a holding call that just completely decimated that whole drive. But we saw him when he ran that ball, he was very effective with it. So a little bit more of that this week, get the confidence up and get them a little bit more comfortable and have them move the ball down the field. And with Jacoby, I, I don't think you can do that. I completely understand why you would do that with the way he was playing uh, over these first like 11 games here, playing like a type 10 quarterback. But I think once you do that, you're opening yourself up to, to, to a window of things that you don't want to do. You want to have him in there. He's your guy. He's playing every play unless he's hurt. And guys, let's, let's, let's do yeah. that right now because Kevin Stefanski got asked that. I'm sure if there's certain reporters that got in a room with Andrew Barry that asked that question, let's get past that right now. They are not putting Jacoby Brissett back in the game outside of maybe what they did for one play yesterday, uh, which I thought was great. That was awesome. He yeah. threw a little wrinkle in there because he's the best quarterback, sneak quarterback in the NFL. So they, they caught the Texans off guard with that little play to Harrison Bryant. Uh, I thought that was awesome. Otherwise, though, I, I want to make this super clear, and I, I I think you guys will agree with this. There's nothing that is going to make Kevin Stefanski, Andrew Barry, the whole Browns organization, there's not even a temptation. Nothing is going to happen this year that makes them think, you know, we should put Jacoby in there. Like that, Unless they're up 33 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's it. There's yeah, nothing yeah. that is going to make them think we need to put Jacoby in over Deshaun to try to win this game. It is not going to happen. Deshaun Watson is your franchise 200 and some million dollar quarterback. This is the dude. And they're putting him in there for these last five games now to let him get himself acclimated to get back into NFL football so that when he hits training camp next year, And listen, who knows what they're going to do this year. But when he hits training camp next year, he's ready to roll, ready to go. We got to stop with these questions on, I don't know who it was that asked the question to Stefanski. Are you you thinking about maybe replacing Deshaun with Jacoby? Ain't going to happen. 
That's not even no. in the thought process, right? Like, I'm, we don't even need to be asking that. I saw it on Twitter yesterday. The Stop QB sneaks that. would be all right. I'm okay that's with fine. the QB sneaks. Yeah, that's fine, but not a whole drive. No, wrinkles. One play. Wrinkles. 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 Yeah, there's a big difference. That was a great play call, by the way. What I can say is, great play hopefully, call. even yeah. though we didn't see and he wasn't in rhythm or got it going, I'm hoping, Cody, that he held back knowing the, the Bengals are on the horizon and that's where you pull out the legs, you know, and running and all those yeah. things. If there's anything to hold back that I, we can get through this Texans game without doing anything, yes. maybe he'll just get a little bit, you know, more into the game flow because he was, they played him the whole game and even he handing the ball off to Jerome Ford and stuff like that. So yeah, good point, Fred. Right. You know, so I think that now I would hope that they held back some designed runs by Watson for this coming game, you know, knowing that he might not be on his a game throwing the ball, but all he's got to have is his legs and his, and his burst there and not pulled hamstrings and stuff to go out and outrun a few defensive backs and, and, you know, pick up 50, 60 yards on the ground with his legs in key places. Well, let's talk a little bit about the good and the bad. Let's start with the bad. Uh, and, and, and Cody, obviously his first game back in 700 days, uh, the, the, the accuracy was not there. The comfort wasn't there. I mean, you could just tell the, the comfort was not there. Uh, it looked like everything was moving at absolute warp speed for Deshaun Watson. Here's my question. Do you guys think, you know, I think somebody on our Slack channel said it looked like game one of a college kid's NFL career, basically, where everything was moving at a million miles an hour. That was me. Is the (laughs) reason, but is the reason, okay, so I'm glad you're the one that said that. Is the reason for hope, Cody, that Deshaun Watson, after already having played significant time and being overly successful in the NFL is the reason to think he's going to acclimate, reacclimate more quickly than what you would see like a college kid acclimate in the NFL. Well, yeah, absolutely. If, if you say, like I said yesterday, it looked like a rookie playing his first game and his first career game was what it looked like. But you saw those little flashes of a player that you had just drafted that gave you hope. But with him, it's a completely different situation because you've seen him be so successful and play at an elite level and not just over a small sample size. We saw it for three seasons. You know, he tore his ACLs rookie season, comes back, has an okay season, then he takes off for 2018 to 2020. So I, do, I think there will be a reacclimation process, but it will be faster than a rookie would be. It just take, it'll just take some time to get back to that level, that level of comfortability and, and getting to that point where you can play in this offense without having to think too. Like right now you're, you're, you're thinking a lot and you're a little bit reactive instead of just being able to play the game when you have everything on your belt, everything's just second nature at that point. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, uh, Fred, I mean, let's talk about the one thing that I think everybody noticed about Deshaun Watson and the way he played that kind of low throws kind of took me off guard, to be honest with you. And maybe you guys can educate me more, but when a, normally when you see a guy kind of all amped up, all hyped up, get back out there, get with his team, try to make plays, you see a guy missing high, right? You see that adrenaline going, and you see a guy throwing, firing the ball high over his receivers all the time. Deshaun, what, five, six, seven game, times in this game? Spiked the ball into the turf 
well short of his intended receiver. What were you guys seeing, either either Fred or Cody? What were you guys seeing that was causing kind of that short pass uh, situation? Because it's not, I I don't, I don't know that I've seen that issue hitting a quarterback as much as I saw it hit Deshaun yesterday. It was, it seemed kind of unique to me. I think Heather brought it up. I see a comment, you know, that nerves. I think he was tight. You know, he's a human being. He has heard nothing but negative, you know, about him and and you know no matter how many few fans there you know it was loud and they want him to fail you know and it's hard to block some of that out he's just gonna have to deal with it but I think he was tight I think he was out of rhythm I think that you know short arming hanging on the ball a little more he just you know and one one thing out point is that he had his best drive going and and Schwartz, you know, fumbled the ball. That kind of killed any momentum. And so then the next time he's starting dead from scratch, quarterback sometimes in a rhythm thing. He never really was able to get in a rhythm and get it going. He threw that one bad interception after the, the long throw. But, you know, with that said, I think it will, it will come on and it will take time. They just don't have the luxury, you know, this year. They need another pickup by the defense and special teams to, you know, help them again this week. So, you know, I think there was a lot of factors involved. He's just going to have to play his way through it, and hopefully Kevin will put him in a position to accelerate <coughs> what he can do best right now. And I think what that is is his legs is take off and beat a defensive lineman or a linebacker and pick up first downs maybe running instead of necessarily throwing. Cody, is there anything mechanical uh, that goes along with what we were seeing with him yesterday and on some of the, especially the the short pass accuracy, the the coming up short on his passes? Is there anything mechanical there that you saw? Or was it just rushing? I think it's a mixture of both. Jake mentioned like his hips and the, and the arms not marrying each other, you know, not coming through at the same time. So then you have these low dip passes or you have just inaccurate passes. But I think with, with the mechanical things, coupled with the, with the nerves it's, it's just a recipe for disaster and we saw what happened with that and we're going to think about you know he returns back to not just his first game but where that first game was adds even more to, to the nerves you know you might not say it yeah, that he was nervous and tense and tight but being in that game and at that stadium in that city it, it weighs on somebody you know and, and it probably should have but uh you know that's that game's behind you now you kind of just got to flush it and you move on, and I think about what these players have said in practice with him. I think they've seen it in practice what he can do. I know they've seen seen it on game for it. sure, but Fred's seen it. Like every every one of these players saw, like he's doing things that no other quarterback we've ever played with is doing and can do. So I think yesterday maybe even they were a little not shocked necessarily, maybe a little underwhelmed because they thought it might be a little bit better than it was. Uh, but, the, but the nerves took over and things went south. I'm afraid of, if you could speak to how things were in practice, uh, to the well, open parts of practice at least. The reason I was so optimistic and I had him, you know, the Browns scoring 42 points in my prediction was because listening to Denzel Ward, Martin Emerson, Greg Newsom, three of the top cornerbacks on their team, said when he was running scout team, he threw the ball where nobody, they couldn't get to it. Only the receiver could. You know, and I know the scout team against the starting defense isn't an NFL game speed, 
but it's pretty close. And I figured the Texans aren't very good. And I just assumed he'd be able to pick up, you know, when you have top pro bowl cornerbacks telling you that they couldn't even get to the ball because of his ball placement and his accuracy, you know, that's, we didn't see that in the game yesterday. So <clears throat> I don't know how to explain that. I saw it in training camp. You know, that was when we got to see team drills. We don't see now. Obviously, they're just throwing air. But, boy, he throws a nice ball and he puts it right on the money. And I didn't see that really much yesterday. So, obviously, the speed at the NFL level in a game and it is, as he pointed out, week 14 for most of these guys. It was week one for him. So I've heard play talk about in the first preseason game how it game speed is so much faster than training camp. And then the regular season is a new level. It's got to be, you know, week one to 14 even faster. And so I think you'll acclimate pretty quickly. But that was why I had higher expectations. So I think he will have a quick, a much quicker learning curve than the typical guy because he's the three time pro bowler. I like what OG Philly said all the way back in 2008, <laughs> almost a half hour ago, said something to think about Baker in his first game under Kevin Stefanski was terrible, but really good in game two. Jacoby Brissett really bad in his first game, really good in game two. OG Philly expects Kevin Stefanski to have a lot of schemes set up and ready for Deshaun Watson for next week. And he thinks he's going to look much better. Do you think there's something to that? Is there a track record to that? Well, that makes sense. That makes sense because, you know, that was one thing missing yesterday is one thing that we've seen. And it's almost like a joke. Every game this year, the Browns get the ball, go right down the field for a touchdown, look tremendous. And then they deteriorate from there whether it's teams, you know, or whatever. And you didn't see that yesterday. You know, that was the one thing I thought Stefanski would have a, you know, a scripted thing. And, and when Watson got the ball, they go right down the field. Um, You didn't see it. So, you know, that would be, that would make a lot of sense. I think he's very good in putting together, you know, the plan for the first or second series and maybe it threw him off getting an interception on the first play. I don't know, but they they were out of sync yesterday. Cody, let's like talk about. See... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I think I like to see him get a little bit more out of the pocket, like a little bit more of the boot action type stuff, a little bit of rollout stuff to kind of take the pressure off the offensive line that has just been a mess for a few weeks now. Uh, but I'd like to, like to see him get out of the pocket a little bit more, be able to see the field a little more clearly instead of sitting there. I like the RPO stuff. If the RPO stuff's going to hit, he missed Cooper on some passes yesterday. Missed a couple of reads there. I think that's going to hit some point too. But get him out with the boot action. Get him in space. And when the ball's not there, you can t- you take his use his legs. I just see a little bit more emphasis on that. But I do have faith in Stefanski kind of adjusting the game plan around him. See what he does well that week in practice. You know, that's kind of what happens with those scripted plays. All right, we're hitting on these plays in practice. We're going to hit on those plays in the game most likely or at least a higher percentage chance of a certain side of other plays. So let's build those in, acclimate to what he does well, and and get something going with those first few drives. Well, and I was going to talk to you, Cody. I was going to say, let's talk about the good real quick. Because there were some new wrinkles in play calling. The Browns ran kind of some run pass options uh, uh, way more than they have 
in in recent times with Jacoby Brissett, at least. Um, talk about for a minute, though, Cody. What does it take? Because I think everybody feels like that's a positive, that they're going to kind of now adapt this offensive play calling to Deshaun Watson and the way he can play. One of the things I don't know a lot of people talk about a lot either, though, talk about like, let's take a guy like Nick Chubb or a guy like Kareem Hunt, who's now played Chubb his whole career in Cleveland, Hunt a good chunk of his career in Cleveland in a certain scheme where your quarterback is getting you the ball and you're running the ball. And now you're being asked to jump into this kind of run pass offense scheme where the quarterback might give you the ball. The quarterback quarterback might pull the ball and run the quarterback might pull the ball and pass. What's it take for a running back? First of all, did you like the schemes you were seeing out there uh, and getting that going a little bit? And what's it take for a running back to kind of get used to that? I think some of it's just familiarity and and, and timing type stuff. I'm pretty sure during the time Jacoby's taking all these snaps and when Deshaun Watson's not allowed to practice, they're not running any RPO stuff in practice, let alone right. in the game. I think they ran one RPO in the first 11 games over the season. And then yesterday we saw a pretty big emphasis on it. So it's a timing thing. It's going to work to their advantage when they start getting comfortable and when he's more accurate with the football. And when you see him using his legs more, and even like a run-run option type thing, okay, well, Nick Chubb's not going to run it. I'm going to run it. That's kind of like what we see Philly do with Jalen Hurts. I kind of see that offense moving towards that Philly build or even a Miami and Mike McDaniel type of build over the long term. But with it, 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 it's timing, it's getting comfortable and things you haven't done all season. They've been focusing on the either with the wide zone type stuff and running versus play action type stuff. But uh, we'll see. It's, t- it's going to take time, just like anything else with this offense. Well, yeah, I think, listen, I think uh, in the end, I think, the fans didn't get to see a lot of what they wanted to see out of Deshaun Watson. But Fred, again, you talked about going into, right now you're going into the biggest game of the season. Right now, when CBS and Fox and they all pull up the playoff picture, for the first time in a minute, the Browns are in the hunt. So the Browns have climbed their way back into the hunt, sitting at five and seven on the year. And we've talked about, in my opinion, these this Cleveland Browns team has to go five and zero. Oh the rest of the way, if they want to have a shot at the playoffs, do you expect to see, do you think, I guess, Fred, the better way to put this is, do you think the Browns coaching staff kind of shut down the playbook a little bit this week and said, listen, we're going to go out there. We're going to beat the Texans. We're going to do what we have to do. We're not going to take a lot of risks with this guy. Are they going to open that up this week against Cincinnati? I think so. I mean, what do you have to lose? You know, this is, this is uh like i if you're if you really i know that you got to get him ready for 2023 but if you want to write off 2022 season at the expense of this week <coughs> which i don't think they want to do you need to go all in and win this game and whatever you can des- devise to win this game i don't care if it's two to nothing because I think you got a Ravens team that could be reeling similar to last year when Harbaugh says weeks and he says, Lamar, this will be one of the weeks he won't play. It's hard for me to believe he'd be ready to play next week against the Browns. And, you know, at first I thought the Browns path was winning the division. Now with five games to go, they're three behind 
to Bengals and the Ravens, that seems very tough. And so you got help. The Jets got beat. The Dolphins got beat. The Patriots got beat. You're within two games of some. Now, obviously, you have the tiebreaker working against you in most of those teams. But I think if you win all five of your games, those teams are going to lose, you know, enough to get you in. So that's why you just got to you talk about controlling your own destiny. That's why, you know, it's a tall order. But at least keep yourself relevant, pull out all stops, and that means hold nothing back this week, you know. Get what Deshaun, you know, can handle. And then I think what you need to do is just, this is what you paid the guy $230 million. I know it's early, second game, but this is it. Put on your big boy pants, get out there, and lead the team to a win. I almost think the playbook, by the way, yesterday was a byproduct of the first half performance. I don't think they went in saying that we're going to limit. But you saw in the second half, situational playing was leading heavily on the run. Yes. Even no matter what down it was, we're going to the run because things have failed so badly in the first half. They can't go flip the switch and say, well, we're not ready to do this yet. Let's go to the run. Hopefully we can ground this thing out and win. Uh, that's my point of view was that I don't think they planned on going into this game with more of a vanilla look. <coughs> I think it just happened to happen because of the circumstance of the game. Guys, let's talk a little bit about the rest of the game. We've talked a lot about Deshaun Watson, and, and it is the primary storyline, but let's talk a little bit about the rest of the game. Uh, after after the game, somebody very familiar to us asked a question uh, about the defense uh, to Kevin Stefanski. Let's hear uh, Stefanski's reaction to that. Coach, you know, you've been obviously stressing it. We've asked you all year about the takeaways, but I think you had eight all year, and you had half that yesterday turned into 24 points. Does that just reinforce, you know, to the players how that single-handedly can be the difference in, in these games? Without a doubt, Fred. I mean, to go get four takeaways, to score twice on defense, obviously to score um, on special teams, to take the ball away on special teams, th those are the type of things that, that you're always looking to do and that th those help you win ball games. Uh, and, and as you know, they seem to come in bunches. Uh, so we're always looking for – multiple games where we can get multiple takeaways because it, it does it really changes the complexion of these games listen, listen to fred greetham listen to fred greetham on the on the soundbite we had to get you on there fred uh Thank let's you. talk about let's talk about that response fred let's talk about uh the defense yesterday <laughs> Fred's feeling. thank you Ian. shades we need the shades <laughs> get them all uh <laughs> let's talk about that defense yesterday uh, we're hearing it and I, and I saw it all over Twitter. Movie fan here said defense was gifted two touchdowns by a lousy quarterback. They weren't great yesterday. Um, I I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say that I think the Browns' defense was outrageously fantastic yesterday, but I think that. Oh God! Oh no! Oh boy! Here yes. it comes. Yes. But I will say this, Fred, and I'm going to send it to you. They've now played two games back to back where defensively they just didn't make the mistakes that they had made all throughout the first part of this season. That Tampa game and now this game against Houston, they didn't break off the the big plays against this Browns defense that we had seen against other lousy quarterbacks and teams earlier in the year. So, Fred, you got the shades on. <coughs> Talk to me a little bit about this defensive performance and what it means for them moving forward. Well, I mean, yeah, you got to take away the, you know, the opponent. But 
the biggest run they gave up was 11 yards, you know, and, and that's like a, a monumental victory right there, you know, in the running game. Uh, Pierce has played pretty well. He's pretty much of a big load. And so it it's what I said earlier. I think it's want to, and they, we know they can do it. Um, we've seen it in the past and last year, for whatever reason, the second half of the season, they came together and played well. And that's why we had such high expectations for 2022. This year, we saw them stumble and bumble. And and then now they're starting to stack some games together, gain confidence. And I think it bodes well. You're going to need, you know, where that really stopped, started in recent weeks was with that win over the Bengals. They shut Joe Mixon down on Monday night, and that carried over. They only turned the ball over once again, or they had two turnovers against the Bengals. And one was Sion Taki Taki strip sack of Joe Burrow. And another was an interception by AJ Green. And that propelled them to that 32-13 win. And that's why I asked the question today is sometimes takeaways cover a multitude of sins. You know, it wasn't that they were such a great defense two years ago, they took the ball away. When teams were driving, somebody stripped the ball and everybody forgot, you know, that they were getting pushed down the field. <clears throat> and that's why I know they stress it, but to get four takeaways and to turn those into 24 points, whoever the opponent is, if you can just get a couple a game, you know, and stop, that stops the other team from scoring and it puts yourself in a position. Tony Fields, you know, whoever heard of him other than, you know, a special teams, you know, everybody, you know, I remember at, at the cut down date, a lot of us on here had him as the first draftee being cut, you know, how about stepping up and making three plays? He, he was involved in three turnovers yesterday. They're going to need that now with Taki Taki out little different position, but kind of a poor man's JOK. So there's a place for him. And, and, uh, and so I just think the defense, if they can maybe carry that over and get some turnovers this week with the Bengals, anything can happen. You know, yeah, Cody, I, Cody, Cody oh, I was going to say, Cody, real quick, expand about what, what upon what he was talking about, though, with with especially in the run game. I mean, Damian Pierce came into this game as pretty having a pretty good season. I know this Texans offense, especially you throwing Kyle Allen out there. Not that he's much worse than Davis Mills. But you don't have a good receiving core. You didn't have Brandon Cooks out there. You don't have much to be afraid of in the, in the receiving game. But they haven't really all year. Like, even when those guys are healthy and playing fine, it's not like you fear the Texans' passing game. But Damian Pierce has been a pretty good running back this season for the Houston Texans. Browns never let him get going. Like Fred said, 11 yards was his long. 18 carries for 73 yards. I mean, really, outside of a few plays here and there, this Browns defense played pretty well, right? Yeah, I think the rush, they had negative 0.32 EPA per rush, which is extremely good for the Browns defense. Pierce has been awesome this year. Forces missed tackles, explosive runs, racks up yards per carry. A very good rookie running back. I think has a bright future. But the Browns, two weeks in a row now, have kind of, in a way, bottled up defenses when it comes to the run. We'll see. You know, probably big ones probably aren't going to run that heavy. You know, they're, they're back now. Chase is back in the lineup. They're going to be throwing the ball. Uh, Saints don't really run the ball that well. 
Uh, commanders don't run the ball that well. Steelers don't run the ball that well. So we'll see how it goes down the stretch against some of these teams that aren't necessarily run heavy outside of the Ravens. I added a point. Uh, Fred's point about takeaways that does hide up hide a ton of issues yes. when it comes to divas when you can get takeaways if you look at the top eight teams right now in takeaways it's the Eagles Cowboys Seahawks Ravens Bills Vikings Patriots 49ers right every one of those teams is probably going to make the playoffs this year maybe the Patriots won't but that's it I mean talking about 100% of the top eight seven eight nine ten teams in takeaways are going to make the playoffs. That's not by accident. That's pretty consistent each year that if you can get a takeaway when a team is driving and when they're not driving, you give yourself better field position, you swing the momentum in your favor, offense is feeling good about itself, defense feels good about itself. It makes a huge difference, and it's not something we had seen before this entire season outside of the past couple games. Cody, right back at you, though. Uh, The defense, back-to-back pretty decent games. How about the special teams, right? I don't think it was a great game overall for the special teams, especially one specific player that we'll get to in a minute. But how about Donovan Peoples-Jones? Second week in a row that this guy has looked like a punt returner. He doesn't just look like a guy you're sticking back there because he's got shirt. When they first stuck him back there, it was like (laughs) you're sticking him back there because he's got sure hands, he's going to catch the punt, and you can at least rely on that (laughs) fact, even if he's not going to really get you much after that. Yesterday, he breaks free for that huge punt return touchdown. It was 5 nothing at the time in that game, and things were starting to feel a little hopeless. Donovan Peoples-Jones showed you some stuff that he hasn't showed you a whole heck of a lot of before that game. Uh, talk about the development of Donovan Peoples-Jones as a punt returner. Yeah, I mean, Jake called it in our Slack last week. He's like, man, he is so close to breaking one of these. And we've seen it. Like you said, initially it was like, well, Felton's not getting the job done back there. You know, we can't trust right. him to just catch the ball, let alone break some tackles and miss some, make some uh, some gains on the punt return. Whereas DPJ initially, I think the idea was, like you said, catch it. Just catch the ball and we'll see what happens from there. Well, now as he's turned into a player a few weeks in a row of breaking tackles, getting 10, 12, 15 yards a pop here. And then he broke that one yesterday. I think it was the first punt return for a touchdown for the Browns since 2015, which is kind of wild to think about. But Huge performance Travis by him. Benjamin. Travis Benjamin was the guy. He was a pretty good guy. But overall, I think it was like the special team stood, made some plays for the first time this season. DPJ is growing as a receiver. He's growing as a punt returner, earning him sp- earning a long-term spot on this team. And not just DPJ. I want to talk about Cade York, too. A guy that's kind of been hit or miss this season. Came in yesterday, three for three at extra points, two for two on field goals. All of them right down the middle, great on kickoffs. It was nice to see him kind of get back into the swing yeah. things too. I know those weren't those high pressure kick situations he's been facing, but regardless, just to see him get in there and make those kicks, you saw why he was drafted and why they have a lot of confidence in him. So kudos to both those units yesterday. Um, special team started a little shaky, you know, but they got the job done yesterday. Fred, uh, let's we're just doing a couple quick hitters before we get out of here. The running game, neither running back had you know, like blow you out of the water type stats, but Chubb and hunt combined for 136 yards rushing hunt. I think hunt looked about as good as he's looked all season. He was kind of running aggressive again. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't kind of, again, Nick Chubb's that guy that you want to find patient. He, he, the more patient he is, the better he's going to be in the game. 
because when he waits for a hole, he explodes through and he's great. Kareem Hunt's kind of that guy that you want him to take the ball and just explode and just go somewhere. And you kind of saw that more as this <coughs> game went on. Uh, talk a little bit about the running game in this game and, and the fact that they were, I think the final total ended up being over 170 yards of total rushing. I mean, they ran the ball pretty well, even though the offense wasn't able to put up a lot of points. Yeah, they put up 174 yards, which they had six different people running the ball, you know, counting Jerome Ford and Schwartz got a carry and Bryant got a carry on a end around and Watson ran it seven times. The only disappointment was that Chubb only had 17 and Hunt had nine. But I agree. Hunt looked like he did two years ago with that violent, you know, more explosive. And I yes. and I see and I could see him running more with a pep in his step with Deshaun Watson, because as Jake pointed out, those run pass options don't work with Jacoby Brissett or whatever it's called when it's like a sprint draw and they just all smother Hunt. When they're afraid of Watson now running back way, it's going to free him up a little more. And I think he's going to be even a bigger threat out of the backfield catching passes from Watson. So I almost see him really kind of picking it up, knowing, you know, he's poised now for some big games down the stretch as he enters free agency. I think you're going to see the best of him, you know, in the, in the coming weeks, whether you know, because we all assume he's not here anymore. So he's going to leave it all on the line, trying to get that big contract with another team, whether it's there or not. But I agree. I think, I think once they get this figured out, Chubb and Hunt will really be a dynamic one, two punch with Deshaun Watson and, and the threat of him pulling the ball and running the opposite way away from the defense. He was definitely the more efficient back yesterday, without a doubt. Yeah. I think he, he had his best game of the season, 6.2 6. yards, yards a carry. Yards a carry. He had 1.1 EPA. You know, the yeah. only one of the only offensive players that had a positive EPA yesterday. But, uh, yeah, it was nice to see him really break through and have a performance yesterday. He's a little, he struggled a little bit this year. Hasn't been as explosive as he has been, but he's relatively fresh. I mean, if you think about total carry <laughs> compared to Chuck. Right. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see where it goes the rest of the way. Cody, before we get to final thoughts and next week's game, let's talk a little bit about one last area of this game and, and an area that's not going to be real pretty. If you excuse me, I told you Fred got me. Um, if you watch Chalk Talk tomorrow with Jake Burns breaking down the film from this game, one area that's not going to be real pretty is in some of those spots on the offensive line. Cody, what's going on with Jed Wills, man? What's going on with that dude? What is you know, you can you can coach mechanics. You can coach out muscle memory for a player, but you can't coach effort into somebody. And if you're not giving effort on plays, if you're consistently inconsistent in giving effort, then you shouldn't be in the game. And we see it every week with him. Like it was a, he's had some great games overall, some great games, but he's had some really stinkers. Yesterday it was the biggest stinker by oh. far of the season. Him just looking back at Watson with guys coming right by him, just standing around doing nothing. Dude, if you don't know what you're supposed to do, hit somebody. Granted, I think he knows what to do. He's just not having the effort, and I can't stand that. I can't stand lack of effort, and I can't stand laziness when it comes to football because that doesn't take anything but heart. You know, you have well, no talent in the world. You have no talent in the world. At least you're giving all your effort, and he's not doing that right now from what I can see. And with Conklin, I just think I think injuries just push Conklin uh, beyond. It's not a lack of effort from Conklin. I think it's just injuries. 
coupled with his age, just pushed him beyond um, what his talent and what it used to be. I'm going to tell you, you guys watch Chalk Talk with Jake Burns tomorrow. You'll see the, the play that resulted in the interception. Jed Wills got beat by his primary to the inside. And all he did was just turn and stand there and watch as his primary went to rush Deshaun Watson. In the meantime, a secondary rusher comes behind him. And he never even notices him. Just never even looks at him. Just doesn't even see him. Like like you said, Cody, you miss your first guy, turn around and hit somebody else. Turn around and find... If you see the still picture from that, you'll see all the other offensive linemen have got at least got their hands on somebody. And he's just standing straight up. Like, well, missed my guy. Guess this play is not going to work out. It's got to be better. And this is... It's an area for this football team, guys, that is supposed to be one of the strengths of the entire NFL is the Cleveland Browns offensive line. It's got to be better. It's got to be better. So guys, super surge, start. super surge MC says, at least yell, look out. Yeah, right? <laughs> <What is it? laughs> hey, two guys are coming. coming for I, you. I didn't touch them. I didn't touch these guys. They're coming to you. Uh, all right, guys, let's spend the last couple minutes of the show talking about this upcoming week, because we should all be excited for this. And not because I think, I know what's going to happen in this game because I think it could go really, really bad or I think it could be really fun again. <coughs> but Cleveland Browns, Cincinnati Bengals, the biggest challenge ahead on the schedule because after that you've got a most likely Lamar Jacksonless Baltimore Ravens. you got the New Orleans Saints, you got the Washington Commanders, and you got the Pittsburgh Steelers. Those are four games that the Cleveland Browns, with a quarterback who continues to feel more comfortable this season – should be feeling pretty good about, but this week, Browns, Bengals, Joe Burrow has got his team on a roll right now. Jamar Chase is back. Joe Mixon is out. What do you guys think? Can the Browns figure out a way to make, as Manimal says here in the comments, can they figure out a way to make Joe Burrow 0-5 in his career against the Cleveland Browns? Fred? Yeah, I think they can. I mean, it's, for whatever reason, the Browns, really tried to set up this defense to stop the Ravens, stop the Bengals, and they've been kind of effective with that. And so that's the main thing they have going for them, I think. I mean, I can't explain it. Um, you know, you got you had that second game last year when Burrow and those guys didn't play. But when they went down to Cincinnati last year, I think that was in the midst of the OBJ. He had just been released. They had all kinds of turmoil. They go down there and pace the Bengals, 40-14, to 14, I think it was. Baker Mayfield looked great. The defense was what I was talking about. They were swarming all over. They were causing turnovers. And that tone was set on the first series. If you remember, Burrow took them right down the field on the opening kickoff, got to the one-yard line. I don't know why, but he got cute and tried to throw a touchdown to Jamar Chase. Denzel Ward got a 99-yard touchdown. That probably turned the whole game around. Yep. And that's what and that's what sometimes happens. So I don't know if you can count on the Browns doing that again, but if they can just play with the effort on defense, swarm the ball, and make turnovers and and pressure Burrow, anything can happen, you know, because you know, we might have been so disappointed in Watson this week and you know, by Sunday evening, we might be saying, wow, that is what they went out and got this guy for. 
that was what was it worth all that they gave up. Who knows? That's why they play the game. But yeah, I'm not going to discount them. I think the Browns have a lot more to play for, you know, and it's a weird thing to look at, but this is my theory is that <coughs> the Bengals beating the chiefs is to the Browns favor because now they're eight and four. I don't think they're quite as hungry as they might've been losing to the chiefs. And so this is where the Browns, obviously they're going to be hyped up because of Watson, but I think that this gives the Browns a chance to kind of keep the little momentum they have going and keep their season alive and sneak out a wind on there. Cody. Yeah. The Browns have won eight of the last nine games versus the Bengals. I didn't realize that. I knew, I knew it was a pretty big series. I knew it was like four or five in a row and Joe Burrow hasn't beat the team. I didn't realize it was eight out of nine until just now. Um, so that's saying something. That's not by accident. You know, you don't just beat a team eight out of nine times, right. eight out of nine times by an accident. However, I think the Bengals are starting to find their footing a little bit here over these past few weeks. Chase coming back healthy. Ground game got going a little bit with Mixon. You got Higgins. You got Boyd. You got Joey B slinging it. Defense is playing pretty well. I think it's going to be an uphill battle, but there's no doubt in my mind that the Browns could go in and win that game. I have no doubt about it that they could do it. But I think it really comes down to the two things that Fred just said, which are takeaways and pressure on Joey Burrow and an offense. Can Watson take a momentous step forward this week and, and perform like, like we know he can, and, and then they can win that game. Uh, I'm not going to have the highest expectations of right now going into it just because of the way the Bengals have been playing. But uh, it I wouldn't surprise me at all if the Browns go into Cincinnati and win that game. Well, listen, it's going to be – extremely interesting to watch again the Browns defense has come around a little bit the last two weeks so we'll see if they can keep the momentum from what they're doing and then we're gonna see if Deshaun Watson listen I think everybody would agree if Deshaun Watson plays the way he did against Houston the Browns don't really have a chance against Cincinnati if Deshaun Watson doesn't come out and improve upon what he did against Houston the Browns won't have a chance the good news is was like a preseason game for Deshaun Watson against Houston and there wasn't really a lot of pressure on his shoulders to do a whole heck of a lot. So he's trying to feel his way out. Pressure's going to be there this week. This is a big game. This is going to be uh, in a, another hostile environment in Cincinnati, a division game. Deshaun Watson's first with the Browns in the AFC North. It is going to be a whole ton of fun to watch. So guys, Monday Rewind in the books. This has been a great time. Make sure if you are not following my two guys here, Fred Greetham, Cody Sook. Go follow them on Twitter at Fred Greetham9 at Cody Sook. <laughs> and make sure you are following along with everything the OBR has got going on this week. First of all, on the OBR streaming network, we got tomorrow, we've got uh, Chalk Talk with Jake Burns. We've got my show, Garage Beers, with Chad and Joe and myself. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot about the Browns. We're going to talk about Buckeyes and the Cats, so much more. Uh, Wednesday, we've got OBR Weekly with Fred and with Barry. Thursday, we've got the weekend kickoff with Cody and with Andrew, and that all leads us into Sunday. The Browns pregame show kicks off at noon against the Bengals. You'll want to be tuned in here for that, and we'll wrap everything up immediately following the game with the Browns postgame show. That has been it for the Monday Rewind. Go follow us at the OBR on all the socials, and make sure you're following the website as well. Until next Monday, we'll see you later, and go Browns, everybody.
It only takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with a pillows. Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.